Women in White Coats is here to uplift women doctors just like you. Empowering you in your personal and professional life. I'm Dr. Amber Robbins. And I'm Dr. Archana Shrestha. We are doctors, best-selling authors, and the co-founders of Women in White Coats. Now, are you ready for a culture shift where women empower women? Join us to get a glimpse of what life is like as a woman doc. And guess what? You'll discover that you're not alone. We're here to give you positivity and keys to balancing your life. This is the Women in White Coats podcast. Hi, Women in White Coats. I hope you're doing well today. So Dr. Archana and myself, um, we're the co-founders of Women in White Coats, and we wanted to do a co-founders chat or talk about something that I don't necessarily know we talk a lot about for women in white coats and that's dating and relationships. So um, as this is the month of love with Valentine's Day, we thought that this would be a good topic and it may, you may relate to some of it, you may not, um, but the thing is, it's always interesting to talk about relationships. Uh, so we'll be talking a little bit today about those things that we have seen in the dating scene, um, our relationships, and also how we met our significant others. So let's start there. So Arshna, how did you meet your husband? <laughs> yeah. Um, so my husband and I met when I was in residency. And it was very like by chance that we met. I, um, he had just moved to, I did my residency in Washington, DC and I was doing emergency medicine. I went out one evening with one of my friends who was visiting town and we went to Georgetown and um, we were there and my friend for some random reason saw my husband, who obviously wasn't my husband at the time, <laughs> saw him from across the room and was like, hey, Archana, you should go talk to that guy. And I was like, I don't, and I, I was like, okay, he's cute. Um, and I was like, kind of feeling courageous. And I took her up on the dare and I'm like, okay, I'll go talk to him. And so I went and talked to him and it happened that he had literally moved to Washington DC the day before and um, for a new job and he was out with some of his friends and um, so we just kind of struck up a conversation and we were talking for a while and like his friends and you know me and my friend we just kind of hung out the rest of the evening and I always say that um, you know and we of course exchanged numbers we went on another date the next the very next weekend and um, we hit it off. My friends were like, oh yeah, you two are going to get married for sure. Like they just knew, yeah. like they could see that we had this connection. And like, even though these same friends had seen me date other people before him, they were like, oh yeah, he's the one that you're going to marry. Like they could tell that like very quickly. And um, it was and I always say that he moved to Washington, D.C. to meet me. It was his destiny to meet me <laughs> because uh, I joke I joke with him about that because to me, it was just so coincidental, kind of crazy serendipity that he um, had moved the day before. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of our story. But um, how about for you? How did you and John meet? And I know you guys got more uh, have been married more recently. Mm -hmm. um, what was it like, you know, to date and how, how is it that you finally met him? 
Oh my goodness. So first of all, I want to say that you swooped them up real, real soon when you came to DC. So that was actually advice that was given to me <laughs> is that in DC, yeah, you, you gotta, you gotta get them real quick. Cause there's a lot <laughs> of dating in the area and the city. Um, but yeah, so what is common? And I don't know if I really thought about this before this conversation is that I met my husband in DC too. <laughs> and so um, I was in my family medicine fellowship program. So I was at Georgetown doing my health and media fellowship. And I just got out of a really rocky relationship. Um, so much so that my parents had to stay with me the last couple of months of residency because it was just not the best environment. So I came to DC knowing that I wanted to be able to kind of put myself back together again. I wanted to be able to, you know, uh, learn to trust myself with dating because I, you know, going through bad relationships and probably a lot of you all uh, may relate sometimes you find that you don't trust yourself to make a decision to get with the next person because you don't want to be hurt again. So I was coming, go, well, going through that. And uh, nine months after I was in the uh, DC, um, I saw randomly on Facebook in one of the doctor groups that there was this, uh, there was this gala for uh, professionals, black professionals. And so as a black professional myself, I was like, hmm, let me check this out. Even though I didn't know anyone there, I only knew the person who was in the Facebook group who happened to be another family doctor who I never met in person, but I said, well, why not? You know, I'll be networking and that's fine. So anyway, so I randomly went by myself uh, to this gala, met up with uh, the doctor that I, I mentioned in the Facebook group. And her friend was at the time, you know, not my husband, obviously, but uh, was John, Jonathan. And so uh, I got to the gala pretty early and I was like determined. I said, I'm going to get like several numbers because <laughs> when do you have so many black men in one area who are professionals? <laughs> and especially if you come from a place that doesn't have that many black professionals, you know, having that is just like, oh, I get to a lawyer, an engineer. I get to talk to doctors and everything. So I said, oh, I'm going to get a lot of numbers. Well, what happened was what had happened was <laughs> I met John and I met him early in the gala when the gala first started. And so we talked the majority of the time when we were there. And I always say that he was blocking all the other guys from <laughs> being able to talk to me. Um, but, you know, we talked a lot and uh, his friends were there and saying, oh, you should go dancing. And we uh, like get up and dance. So we danced for a little bit. And what's so funny is we like similar music, but obviously we didn't know it at, the, at, at that time, but we started dancing. And then once they started having like a certain type of music on, we were like, uh, we don't really dance to that. Let's go sit. <laughs> so that's how we knew we liked similar music. Um, but yeah, he let me go a little bit um, during the gala. And then I kind of wandered off, but I could always tell that he had his eye on me the whole night. And um, I actually didn't know that he liked me. And this is how clueless I was until after the gala, because I was like, well, maybe he just likes to talk a lot. And, you know, John, he does talk. <laughs> He's already <laughs> listening to me. I, he does talk often. He talks a lot. But um, 
Yes. So I thought he was just being friendly and he was introducing himself to other doctors and, uh, and uh, who were there. And so afterward, um, after the gala and a, a, maybe a day or so later, he texted me and I was like, oh, you know, people in DC, that's how you do your network. Um, you get each other's business cards. Cause that's what I gave him my business card. That's such a DC thing, right? <laughs> get your business yeah. card, not actually <laughs> to have your cell phone out and take your number. But anyway, he contacted me and the friend who I was, uh, with, um, who just so happened to also come that I noticed when we were at the gala, I asked her, I was like, did he text you too? And then she said, no, you did it. And then that's when I realized, I was like, oh, this guy actually likes me. This is interesting. <laughs> and so ever since then, I think our first real date, and this is so nerdy, our first real date was a study date at Starbucks, <laughs> but it was so great. And so, um, yeah, we've been together ever since. So he's my best friend and he always makes me laugh. He is not necessarily the person who I thought I would be with, but he's a perfect fit to who I am, what I do, uh, um, the values that I have with family uh, and friends. And um, yeah, he's actually, yeah, I probably would not have, Ever, you know, ever dated someone like him, unless I went through that hardship with the, uh, with the person who I dated before him, because I, I knew how much I, I needed to value, um, my self-preservation, someone who can bring the better, best out of me and not necessarily do things to tear me down. So that's something maybe we can talk about Archana. Um, because a lot of times women find that if you're with someone who's not in medicine, that there is an issue with, okay, you're making more, you, you have more education, and they may not necessarily understand um, all the lifestyle of as a, as a doctor. So with your husband, he's not in medicine. Um, he does more on the business side. But how was that for you and him to really kind of adjust to that? Or was it an issue for him? No, because um, uh, even though he's not um, in medicine, he has an entire family of doctors. His mom's oh, a doctor. Mm -hmm. His dad is a doctor. His brother's a doctor. His brother's wife's a doctor. <laughs> and so here he was, he met me and he's like, oh, she'll fit perfectly into my family. She's <laughs> a doctor too. Um, so he, he definitely was familiar with the lifestyle, like him seeing a woman who was a doctor was not shocking or surprising in any kind of way because he had grown mm -hmm. up with a mom who was a OBGYN, you know. Um, so, you know, I just immediately felt like a lot of like respect and it was like no big deal because I think that, and this is one of the things that I, I'm sure a lot of um, women doctors face when they're out there dating is that some men are intimidated by a smart right. woman who, or somebody who's has, you know, done a lot of schooling, who is obviously very smart to get into medical school and to pass and make it through medical school, right? So mm -hmm. a lot of men can be intimidated by that. And that's what I actually was like noticing before I met him from some of the people that I had dated. And it was yes. like just clicking because I was like, you know, like, I don't know. And then you so, sort of felt like you had to dumb yourself down around them. Mm -hmm. Or like there was this like weird dance where you're like, yeah, I'm smart. And you just want to be a badass and like not be afraid to show that. But then you're around this person who you can sense is maybe feeling like insecure or you're dating them. And then you're like, oh, I need to kind of hold back, you know, and I, I gotta, I can't like outshine them or something like that. So, um, 
but in the case like with my husband like I mean when we were dating like it just wasn't like an issue it was just like part of like who I was and something he he was like very much like able to accept easily about myself so I, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that answered your question. But. It did. It definitely did. And then it actually made me remember back when I was dating on dating apps, how if people would approach me, I wouldn't even say that I was a doctor. I would say I just work in the medical field. Um, so, you know, that's a part of exactly what you're saying with kind of dumbing yourself down because you're not sure if that would inhibit that person from talking to you more or wanting to be with you because of the profession that you've been gifted with. Because honestly, you know, our profession, we do make, um, you know, a a good living, but it's also a job. Um, So yeah, I definitely resonate. And I know um, our listeners, they may be dating or going on dating apps and, you know, meeting people um, in different ways. And I'm sure um, that's come up because that's come up not only with you and I, also a lot of my friends too. But the key is to making sure that they allow you to be yourself. I was just about to say that. Like (laughs) you and I, we we could practically finish each other's sentences, but yeah, I was going to say like, make sure you find a person who you can be authentic around and be yourself. Mm -hmm. And like, I remember having a conversation with him, like once we were like getting serious and it was like very obvious to us that we would be together for the rest of our lives, you know, and that we would, um, you know, kind of moving towards like getting engaged and stuff like that. And I was kind of like, hey, listen, like I'm like, there was this one time we were traveling somewhere. We had gone um, to Hawaii actually to watch, Mm -hmm. uh, to, 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 um, for my friend's wedding. And so we had stayed like in an Airbnb type of thing. And we were like doing laundry and like, um, he was like, I don't know. So he said something that made me think that he wanted me to fold everyone's laundry or something. in the Airbnb. Okay. And I was like, somehow I was just like, oh my God, like, no, I need to make sure he knows that I'm never going to be a Martha Stewart. I'm never going to be like the housewife, (laughs) like Mm. that I wasn't raised to be like a housewife. And yes, I'm happy to do my fair share of like stuff around the house, like my fair share of cooking, cleaning, laundry, whatever it is. But like, I'm not going to be that person, that that woman who's going to be like the stay-at-home wife or eventually like the stay-at-home mom, you know? So I remember Mm -hmm. like having that conversation with him. And I actually tell people, you know, like who, like other women doctors who are like dating or getting serious. I'm like, yeah, make sure you just like tell them like, like who you yes. are, the real deal of who you are and what you want to do and not like paint this picture. Cause we do have all those gender stereotypes of like, oh, mm-hmm. the woman should cook or she should be the one cleaning, you know? And it's like, no, she shouldn't like period, but if she's also working, she can't also be doing all that. I mean, it's just really hard to be able to do all of that, you know? It is, it is. And then you also want that person to know who you are before you get married. I know a lot of people, when they get married, they say, oh my goodness, it's like I'm married to another person. And for sometimes it is, sometimes it is because we put on, like you were saying, we put on that like false veneer that, okay, this is who we are. This is what we can do for you in marriage, but then not necessarily showing who we are. Have you ever felt like you've achieved career success as a doctor, but you're still not happy? Like you sacrificed so much to arrive at the promised land, but then you look around and think, is this it? 
Maybe you are going through things that your male colleagues just don't get. That even though you wear a white coat, some people don't realize you are a doctor at all. It can be exhausting. Well, we get you, and we at Women in White Coats know exactly what you're going through. That's why we created a CME conference specifically to uplift women doctors just like you. It's time for you to relax, grow, and connect with women doctors at our fourth annual Women in White Coats Conference and Wellness Retreat from April 21st through April 23rd, 2022. We are excited to say we are meeting in person and you're invited to join us for this three-day retreat at the gorgeous Ballantine Hotel just outside of Charlotte. Relax over yoga and meditation, grow by listening to CME presentations on topics relevant to us as women doctors, connect with other positive women doctors during workshops and over wine and dinner. You'll return home feeling rested, rejuvenated, and with the skills to have a fulfilling career as a woman in a white coat. To register, go to womeninwhitecoats.com forward slash wellness retreat. We can't wait to see you at the conference. I also, I know this could be a long conversation. <laughs> I'll suffer this shit, but I know my husband and I, we were talking about what advice would we give someone who is about to get married or thinking about getting married. And one thing that we said is that you have to be open to sacrifice. And so that, I don't know if that was advice that people gave before we got married. I'm not sure, or maybe we weren't hearing it so much, but knowing that you, if you're looking to get married, would you be willing to sacrifice for that person and would that person be willing to sacrifice for you and knowing even in the dating phase okay will this person be that person to do that um so i was able to do that more so i think when i was dating jonathan i didn't necessarily think of it like that but definitely in when we got married and going through the different changes I was able to identify that a bit more, but ladies, if you're looking for a marker of that, then also look for, okay, is this person, if push come to shove, something happens, will this person be able to step up and sacrifice for me? And then would I be happy and willing, not like forced to sacrifice, but happy and willing to do the same for that other person and your partner, whether it be male or female, whomever, would I be willing to do that for them as well out of love? Um, so just kind of having those things when you're when you're out dating or when you're considering someone to be your partner, uh, because, you know, life will happen. The pandemic, we didn't expect to get married. So Jonathan and I got married during the pandemic. We didn't expect that, but we wanted to be able to be together um, and start our lives together as a married couple. So, I mean, there's so much with this. I feel like we're going to have to do a part two. Well, yeah, I know. I was just thinking the same. And um, you were, Arjuna. I, I can't believe it. <laughs> and and the thing is that um, so now I we're about to celebrate our fifteenth anniversary in a That's couple amazing. of months. Yeah, and so it's kind of crazy to look back and think that we've been married for fifteen years. And my husband really is my best friend, and he is my rock. You know, like he. Um, and I think this is something that's been so crucial because we met when I was in residency, I still had a few more years to go. So it was like mm. a couple of rough years, you know, for me. And he was always so supportive and like, 
you know, sometimes I think we've all had those awful days of residency where you come home crying or you're just like mm -hmm. so dead beat tired and you just can't do anything. But he would always just be like a loving shoulder to cry on. He would be making dinner. He would do grocery shopping. He was just like such a great support. And I think if you find a guy who can be that for you, that guy or girl or girl, find a guy mm -hmm. or girl. Yes. Yes. Find mm -hmm. someone who, who will be that for you. Then, um, I mean, it's just so amazing. I mean, and, and yes, there is sacrifice and you're going to grow and change, but I think like, it's like, find that person who you are excited to grow old with. And mm -hmm. that's how I feel about my husband. Like I want to grow old with him and, um, I want us to be grandparents, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. one day when my kids grow up, you know, they're very young still, but you know, that's kind of like what I picture. And I guess like the one other thing I really want to say is that, um, what, there was one thing that I did before I met my husband, because I was dating and I was like trying to meet the right person. And I felt like, okay, I'm ready to write the, um, I'm ready to meet the right guy and get married soon. And like, of course I was getting some, you know, being of Indian descent, there is, I'm not sure if you got this, but there's a little bit of pressure to get married mm -hmm. by a certain age. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I was, we met when I was about 26 and, um, you know, it wasn't even so much the parental pressure. I was ready to like meet the guy that I want to, you know, meet the right person and get married. And so I re I remember reading this one book called if the buddha dated and it was like a you know kind of like a self-help book but it was like a fun one you know and i remember reading in there like you know write a letter to yourself or like write a letter to the universe sorry it was like of the person you want to meet and what they're like mm -hmm. and that type of thing and i remember doing that and then literally like the next week is when i met him <laughs> oh wow sort of like just putting it out into the universe that like i was ready to meet the right person you know and i was ready to meet him um and so um i remember like oh my god this is so crazy that it happened in that way mm -hmm. but i think like just being, uh, but I think it was just probably an energetic thing in terms of just being open, right? Like me being open to finding it or just asking for what I wanted and like, God is listening, you know, the universe. Yes. yes. And you have to be ready for when, when it actually comes and like, oh, well, I guess it works. I guess that could happen. And then also making sure even during the time when you're dating, making sure that you're taking care of yourself and that you're knowing, you know, when your cup is empty, when your cup needs to be, uh, you need to be full or poured into, because those also allow you to make some of those decisions and saying, okay, I'm ready um, to meet the person um, who I'll spend the rest of my life with, or, you know, I feel like I'm ready to make a decision on if this person is even worth dating, because if you're not in a, a place of, of, of pouring back into yourself, if you're not in a, a place of uh, prioritizing or at least trying to prioritize self-care, then you can make some decisions that you may not necessarily make if you were um, more into or, um, what am I trying to say? If you feel like depleted. Yeah. Like not yeah. Whole, not exactly. Clean. Exactly. And not saying that you ever will be like perfectly that way, but just trying to make sure that you're taking care of yourself because sometimes, you know, whenever you get in relationships, 
people see how you treat yourself and you teach people how to treat you. So that is my weird segue to, <laughs> I tried y'all, to our Women in White Coats Conference and Wellness Retreat. <laughs> I think that was almost a fail, but I got it. <laughs> so we are having our Women in White Coats Wellness uh, Conference and Retreat that's coming up in April from April 21st to 23rd, and we will be in Charlotte, North Carolina. And the reason why I wanna bring that up is because we have so many girl talks and different chats with other women who are in various stages of their career. And it's a nice time to wind down and really have some conversations about relationships, about how to navigate certain things that you don't necessarily get at other CME conferences. So we invite you to be a part of our mini conversations on the relationship that you have with others, but also the relationship that you have with yourself. Um, because we know that that is what is powerful as well, if you're able to get in tune with yourself. I did it much better that time, Archana. That's what I was <laughs> trying to do. Uh, so we invite you all there to be with us. And if you are interested in signing up and registering, we, we really will say for you to do it as soon as you can, because right now we have regular registration on womeninwhitecoats.com. And um, there you'll find out the different packages. But what I'm so excited about is being able to pamper yourself. So it doesn't matter if you are with someone in a long-term relationship or if you are single, ready to mingle, you need to have some time where you do some, your own, some of your own self-pampering. Uh, you know, you, you want, you can take care of yourself better than anyone else. So we have a VIP package where you'll be able to uh, get a spa option there and be able to have some other goodies too that we have planned for the conference. Yeah. And it's going to be a really fun, like you're, like you were saying, just like a girl's weekend and just yeah. a chance to hang out and uh, connect and relax and grow as well with some CME. So I don't know if we mentioned the dates yet, but it's April 21st through 22nd in Charlotte, North Carolina at the Ballantine Hotel. And we'd love to see all of you there. Yes, yes. And we're going to do it right too. It's a luxury hotel. So, you know, we got to do it right. We got to do it right. But yes, we would love to see you all there. And it sounds like we're going to do a part two to this conversation <laughs> to continue. And we hope to continue the conversation with you all in person at our conference and wellness retreat. So take care and make sure that you're taking care of yourself. Okay. All right. Bye women in white coats. We'll talk to you next time. Hi there, Women Docs. We hope you've been loving this podcast and feel uplifted at the end of each and every episode. If so, we would really appreciate it if you could give us a five-star rating and write us a positive review. Those reviews help us get the word out and help uplift and empower more women doctors. But you know what? We'd love to meet up with you in person. So head on over to womeninwhitecoats.com and sign up to become a member of our supportive tribe. When you do, you will be the first to hear about meetups in your area, as well as upcoming live events. You'll also get our latest blog articles and podcasts delivered straight to your inbox. And you'll be the first to find out about the next time we open up our virtual Doctors Lounge, an online membership community created just for women doctors, where each month we run masterclasses with guest experts and masterminds on topics relevant to women doctors. While you're on our website, 
womeninwhitecoats.com, order your copy of our number one best-selling book, The Chronicles of Women in White Coats. Oh, and be sure to follow us on social media too. On Instagram, you'll find us at Women in White Coats blog. And on Facebook, you can find us at Women in White Coats. Can't wait to meet up soon.